Welcome back to Trading Matters, a podcast by OCBC Securities. In this show, we're focused on hunting down interesting market movements to help you become more opportunistic with your capital. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut, and this week we're going to focus on BYD, one of the largest EV manufacturers in the world. They're backed by Warren Buffett and recently have suggested that their sales numbers have exceeded Tesla. So, is it true? We're going to verify that. And also, we're going to double down a little bit on UCI. Biologics, which has been trying to take itself off the US unverified list and in its attempt to do so has rallied 12%. And yes, I'm done with the corona. <laughs> so I'll be a little bit nasy, but welcome back to the show. Today we are doing BYD and UC Bio. So again, Hong Kong counters, but a little bit different space. I thought it was uh, nice to kind of look at different sectors also. Of course, I mean, the sectors are so diverse anyway across like in Hong Kong so yeah, many yeah. things also yeah for sure and yeah recently Hong Kong and China has a direct tie up or ETF or something I don't know if you heard oh that. one of oh, the connects yeah. right I think yeah. so like mainland can buy some Hong Kong ETFs I think like tracker fund that kind of thing and then yeah. the other way around so for all of you listening in you know I'm stuck in Paris <laughs> So a lot of people is like, wow, this is amazing. But to me, it's like, oh my God, it's so cold, so tiring. My flight got cancelled, so, <laughs> so I'm stuck here. Like, let's start with the macro front, right? Because I think we took a break last week and there's all these changes. So on the macro high level, like how has it developed? You know, how is it like in China, Hong Kong? Well, I guess on the macro level, you cannot escape from what the US Fed is doing and what the global markets are looking at, whether it's bond markets, equity markets, they are all looking at the US as well. Things like inflation numbers, we have seen it before. So not much has changed in that area, you know. Inflation is still there. The Fed still is, you know, being aggressive and wanting to project themselves there. So, you know, they are still, yeah, S&P 500. Unfortunately, <laughs> still a downtrend. Okay. Yeah. But in terms of, okay, I mean, okay. we look at price, but as traders, we also look at volume. Actually, some of the, the exchange turnover has dried up a little bit. So it's come down a little bit over the past week. Not sure whether that's related to 4th of July celebrations or not, but at least that's something that I think we can continue to look at. Yeah. Question. Those things matter? I mean, you know, as an investor, I, I don't know if I should care about holidays and all that, that does it really matter does it affect yeah in fact actually if you look at i mean people often say like in december holidays traders go on holiday the volume comes down during that period of time and then i mean normally as traders we look at both price and volume so that's half the picture you could say right in terms of how many people are trading the stock so any movements they tend to be a bit like more volatile a bit sharper as well yeah because it's a bit more uncertain not not so liquid like the market Okay, so essentially what I'm hearing is there's not as much activity, not a lot of yeah. trading in the market over this period. And with that then, how should we observe going forward? Are we looking at playing a situation where volume then comes back in or or what is it like? Well, the thing about volume is at, at any point in time, it can come back, right? It's not like, you know, there's any hard cap to it or any rule like that. So, I mean, if something big happens in the markets, like for example, the US Fed does something, the volume will come right back in. Uh, it is more of kind of, I guess, an observation, you know, that people are a little bit more cautious, not really taking a huge directional bet or, or if there are any big moves in the market, but the volume is not so high, then that's definitely a sign that traders look out for as well. That, I mean, if you have, for example, a big downswing and the volume is huge, then that's a little bit more worrying than compared to if the volume is a bit lighter as well. But if you just look at the numbers, like headline HSI, 
Hang Seng Index. How it has performed this year, down but about 7%. S&P 500 down almost 20% or in fact, more than 20% and then recovered a little bit as well. So there's still that divergence over there. There's still many people, market watchers, commentators, they're out there saying, you know, look out for this divergence, look out for how the Hang Seng fell so much in 2021. Now this year, it looks like it's outperforming the S&P 500. And so that's one of the reasons why we continue to look at China, continue to look at Hang Seng Index and Hong Kong. Because when you look at, you know, the global markets, there are so many stock exchanges, right? If you're a hedge fund and you can invest in so many different markets, then you'll definitely pick and choose which ones are more preferable, which ones are more interesting at the moment as well. I think one of the biggest themes is, of course, the whole electric vehicle thing, <laughs> which is why we're going to bring up this company, you know, that for a period of time, uh, it's a little bit on the media backseat. I would say the media doesn't cover it as much. What do you have for us? Well, today... In the EV space, we're going to be looking at this company called BYD. So not so sure if the listeners, you guys out there actually have heard of this company before. I'm very sure that if they're like EV geeks, right, or they're huge on this whole like green sustainability transition, they will have heard it. But for a lot of us that are kind of on the fence or not sure about <laughs> green and like EV, you know, maybe this is a little bit, a bit smaller. So in Singapore, there are some cars around. Small. But quite interesting, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day and the first time this friend heard about the name BYD was actually on the facial mask. Like, you know, the mask, they actually manufacture masks as well. <laughs> so, I mean, BYD is not a pure EV name in that sense. It is a company that does EVs and they do EVs very well. And we'll talk about the sales and things like that later. But they're also quite diversified, which makes them a bit unique in this area. So uh, other than vehicles, they also do things like batteries. Other than batteries, they also do things even like your face masks as well. So this is a, definitely an interesting company that's not just, you know, your usual EV name in that sense. How are they doing then relative? I mean, everybody, when they talk about EV, they talk about Tesla, right? So how are they relative? Well, the big news just came out like, this week, actually, which is that in terms of sales numbers, right, for electric vehicles, actually, the first half of 2022 was the first time where BYD dethroned Tesla. Yeah, so in terms of absolute numbers, actually, uh, BYD overtook Tesla as the world's biggest EV producer, in terms of sales at least. So yes. some people say, okay, you okay, know, these okay. numbers are a bit skewed because actually Tesla does fully electric vehicles. So things like, you know, your Model 3, Model S, things like that, they are fully electric. Uh, BYD, they do some hybrids as well. And so some plug-in hybrids, they are counted as well. But it's still a significant thing, you know, that at least in terms, if you add in these hybrids again, um, they have actually overtaken Tesla for the first half of 2022. And I think interesting thing, right? Because uh, you're looking at this company, not so well known, maybe BYD, uh, actually rallying really hard over this year. And uh, meanwhile, you see the share price of Tesla is down about like maybe 30 plus 40%. BYD up this year about 25% or from the low, even more than that. But year to date up 25%. Yeah. Can their growth continue? Because I think even the Chinese government is kind of revisiting their whole like EV subsidies plan, you know, or, or what is happening. Is it, Are they still supporting this? So companies? I guess in terms of what really caused BYD to outperform, right? I mean, the analysts out there have actually gone in to say a few things. One of the things they said is in terms of how they have performed when it comes to lockdowns this year. So, I mean, we all know China has gone through a series of regional lockdowns and Shanghai region was one of the areas that really got hit. And Tesla and its production got hit. So supply chain issues, things like that. YD 
well, it happened that they are not so exposed to the Shanghai region. Instead, I think it's more in the southern region near Guangdong area. And they are also quite integrated vertically, which really just means that they have control over their supply chain. Uh, with, uh, they have a lot more control over their supply chain. So as a result of that, you know, they weren't hit as hard by some of the factors that caused Tesla to struggle. And that could be one of the reasons why BYD ended up actually having more sales. And, and not being so impacted by all these supply chain disruptions. Beyond that, actually, I mean, like I said, right, they have also been pushing aggressively, not just in terms of car sales, but they are diversified. So areas like, for example, EV batteries, there are some reports out there that now say, you know, they are the world's second largest producer for EV batteries. And they can use the batteries for themselves, right? So there's all these kind of different strategies that uh, BYD happens to have adopted one of them that seem to have worked quite well in this period of supply chain disruption. So whether or not they can continue, I mean, of course, it does depend on many of these macro factors. Things like, you know, will the supply chain disruptions continue? Will there continue to be shortages in terms of some of the raw materials that are required for all of these EV batteries and, and uh, even things like your oil prices, even things like your global sentiment, whether or not there's going to be a recession coming, they'll definitely affect things like car sales as well. Mm, interesting. Actually, I'm more looking forward to a <laughs> you know like the whole street is like EV and, and hopefully quiet, like not so smoky right it, you right? think about it yeah. all the pollution yeah, and things all the pollution so it's, it's horrible and, and I'm not like green green and all right but it's just more like really from a living perspective I, I start to buy into this whole EV thing and I believe that a lot of our listeners are also buying into it from an investor viewpoint also from a lifestyle viewpoint so if you have any particular other EV stocks or EV related stocks you know that, that you want us to have a geek out a little bit talk a little bit about you know you must always email to us huh? everything is in the link description uh, below and I mean <laughs> so, not just us but yeah, we're looking so, forward so, uh, to it if I can just add on one more point about China and its policy actually I mean they themselves they have actually outlined that they they want to push more towards this new energy vehicle space. And so they have set themselves targets, you know, like, you know, by 2025, we want how many percent? 2030, I think it's like 40% of 2030, like the vehicles, they want it to be new energy vehicles as well. So very aggressive targets, but also, I mean, imagine 40% of the vehicles in China being new energy. That would be very much different from today as well. The other company we are looking at is a completely different sector. We are looking at biotechnology now, pharmaceuticals as well. And this is Wuxi Biologics. So 2269 Hong Kong, they are a pharmaceutical company. They actually supply or make ingredients for your AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine. So this company is actually, I mean, might not be so well known to those in Singapore, but they are definitely a huge company, a component of the Hang Seng Index as well. So we're looking at this company really because there was a huge piece of news affects not just this company, but also the broader sentiment when it comes to Chinese stocks, Hong Kong stocks, and geopolitical situation with the US as well. So the big piece of news is that for this company, it seems like they have taken some steps to actually get themselves off a US unverified trade list. And this list that we are looking at, it's a list where basically the US came out previously, added Wusi Biologics onto the list by saying, you know, you need to let us verify some of the processes, some of the products when it comes to US exports. Otherwise, we put you on this list. And they were not able to do that previously because of the pandemic. And so they were added to the list and their share price dropped 25% or so uh, back in February. So now there are first steps that are, you know, being taken to say like, okay, you know what? We're going to let inspector come in. They're going to come in, take a look at our goods, show that we are, we are open to on-site inspections. 
And as a result of that, actually, their share price has rallied over the past week or so because people are now saying, you know, there's a chance that, you know, steps are being taken and they can actually be pushed off this list, which is positive for this company when it comes to dealing with US exporters as well. Interesting. So are, are we seeing that kind of strength coming back or because sometimes, uh, I mean, we've seen this pattern a little bit, right? Where a company is put on a list of whichever government and prices come down then they don't really rally back as much even after they're off the list. You know, are, are we seeing the strength back into this company? Well, like I mentioned, when they were added onto this list, the share prices dropped about 25%. Now with the first step being taken, they're not off the list yet. But the first step being taken on the back of the news actually rallied about 12% intraday. So not quite recovered that 25% drop, but you know, there's progress when it comes to the share price. And it really depends on how much progress continues to be made. It's the same thing as I guess some of the other US-China related stocks and those tensions as well. When you look at, for example, some of the delisting fears. And when there's progress, then all of these stocks might have rallied a little bit over the past month or two as well. Yeah. But the fear generally dangles and the rally doesn't come back as much, right? Is there a reason why? I suppose right now it's because they are not completely off the list yet. And I mean, some market watchers will say, you know, the whole US-China dynamic has changed since back then. But as of right now, it's really, I guess, also because they're not off the list yet. And... I mean, Wusi Biologics actually came in to say, you know, they are looking to resolve at least part of it by September and after the other part of it by maybe the end of the year. So slow steps, progress being made, but not quite a full push off the list. And I just want to add also that, you know, this list doesn't mean that the US cannot deal with this company. I mean, clearly, for example, they have supplied to AstraZeneca for the COVID-19 vaccine. So it's more of just in terms of hurdles, in terms of cost of complying, having to do more checks, more due diligence. Investors are now cheering that some of that is being taken away or steps look like, you know, they're going to be pushing that away a little bit. And on top of that is just a positive sentiment. So, you know, Chinese stocks related to the rest of the world, some positive sentiment that, you know, they are not cracking down even harder. And that has helped at least buoy the stock a little bit over the past week. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the state government, the, essentially the highest leadership have yeah. say, say these things, right? So let's see how this uh, moves along. Yes. So in closing, do you have any other thing you want to add for us for this well, for these two stocks, I mean, I would say keep a lookout for things on the news front. So for Wusi Biologics, if they come out and say, you know, we have let another inspector in, there's going to be even more progress. That had, you know, historically pushed its share price up 12% and you don't know how the shares will react again this time. Same thing for BYD, you know, if the earnings come out and, and it goes more positively, then definitely that's an angle to keep a lookout for. But looking beyond that also, one of the reasons why we highlighted both of these stocks today is also to see at you know things from a, a broader perspective of what are China's policies and five-year plans and where where's the policy support coming in? So for EV, you know, there has been policy support and there has been, you know, announcements by the government on okay, we are planning for EVs and we are planning for this future for the country. Actually, biotech is also one of the strategic industries that are part of the China Fire Plan that was announced in 2021. So other than that, also keep a lookout for what else is under the Chinese government's radar. Things like your semiconductors definitely will be a very hot space. And more than that, also just what the Chinese government is doing in relation to the US, 
when it comes to tariffs, when it comes to things like blacklists, all of this seems to be quite important to investors in these very sentiment-driven markets. <laughs> can run the whole season already, a whole show on, on its own, or the amount of things going around. On this front, just the US-China dispute and, you know, renegotiation yeah. of the world order. So yeah, that's cool stuff. Okay, then that's it for today. Hey, thank you for tuning in weekly with us at Trading Matters, a podcast by OCBC Securities. If you want to be even faster in following latest market insights done by the team at OCBC Securities, you should visit iocbc.com slash tradingmatters for market insights on Singapore, China, Hong Kong, and the US, and a lot of the stuff that we couldn't cover on the show today. This show is jointly produced by the team at The Financial Coconut and OCBC Securities. We hope you become a more astute trader following our weekly show. And we want to hear from you. Join our ecosystem, events, and all that stuff. Details in the description below. I will see you next week. Also, contents of this podcast are intended for general information only and should not be construed as recommendation or solicitation to invest in any financial products. All investments are subjected to risk. Before investing, you should conduct your own self-assessment and seek independent financial advice. For the full disclaimer, check out iocbc.com slash trading matters. Also, like, share, subscribe. Huh? Like, share, subscribe. See you next week.